<laughs> You're listening to the Yak Legion Podcast. I'm your host, Satan! And tonight, we have a very special episode. Yak Legion's Halloween special! <laughs> All right, and for Yak Legion's interview tonight, we have the Spirits and Sisters Paranormal Podcasters from Akron, Ohio. So I was uh, checking these ladies out on pod on Apple Podcast, and I stumbled upon their podcast and started listening. And you know, they kind of go into some spooky stuff, and we uh, talk paranormal, ghosts, a little bit of everything. Uh, I invited them on the Yak Legion tonight, so I'm going to give a little warning. This episode might not be for everybody. I know I have a few young listeners out there. Uh, you might want to skip this one. I will say we will refrain from uh, anything sexual, any cuss words, but uh, I can't guarantee that uh, you won't be terrified. So, <laughs> so getting into it tonight, we have Veronica Schultz and Kara Jackson. How's it going, ladies? It's going really good. Good. How are you today? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. It was a long weekend. My mother was in town, but we were celebrating the Halloween festivities. We went out and picked us some pumpkins and made jack-o'-lanterns, and that's always a lot of fun. Wonderful. Oh, that sounds fun. <laughs> My daughter loved it. So uh, getting into t tonight, uh, yeah, I invited you ladies on the show. Um, people that listen to my podcast know I am interested in the paranormal a little bit. There's a lot of things I'm interested in, kayak fishing and uh, paranormal. I'm a bit of a geek, <laughs> so I kind of do a little bit of everything. But uh, I was excited to do a Halloween special this month, and I was excited to get uh, somebody on here to talk the paranormal with me. And I was listening to your ladies' podcast, and uh, it sounds like a lot of fun. It sounds like y'all just, you know, drink a few glasses of wine and just talk about spooky stuff. We do, yes. Our that's, favorite thing to do. Yeah, those are our two favorite things. That's why we started this. Yeah. <laughs> so that gets into my first question. How did that turn into a podcast? Uh, my oh. sister texted me one day and was like, hey, do you want to drink wine and make a podcast talking about spooky stuff? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And she set it up and... Yeah, yeah, to be completely honest, um, <laughs> yeah. it, it, start, it started with drinking as well. I literally was just... <laughs> sitting around you know, you know drinking with my husband I'm like do you know what would be a great idea <laughs> if if my sister and I started a podcast we could call it sisters and spirits and we could drink and we could talk about ghosts and it'll be amazing and then I pretty much just yeah I texted her I'm like hey so we're gonna do this now <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it turned into a podcast yeah uh, what got you into the paranormal I mean speaking of the paranormal if you look up podcasts, you do any research, paranormal is very popular field. There is hundreds, hundreds of podcasts. Uh, I'm surprised I found yours, <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, you guys are just getting started, and uh, I'm glad to promote you guys and help you guys out. I love Ohio podcasters. And you guys are out of Akron, right? Uh, Toledo area. Toledo. Okay, yeah. Toledo. So you're up north, north quite a ways. Yep. Uh, how can people find your podcast? What platforms are you on? Uh, we're, on we're on pretty much any. Yeah. yeah, we're on basically anything except for Pandora. We they they're a little slow at getting people on, but we're on pretty much all of the all of the podcast yeah. apps. 
Apple, Spotify, yeah, the major ones, yeah. Awesome. Same platforms. You can hear the Yak Legion and Retro Geekdom, uh, two other podcasts I do. Uh, that's amazing. So paranormal experiences. Uh, I know we were talking before the podcast with Kara. Uh, you had a, a pretty terrifying experience when you were about 12 or 13 years old. Do you want to elaborate on that? Yeah, this was the only, I mean, I've had quite a few that I could probably, maybe they were just not terrifying to me, but the, the one that actually scared me, um, I was about, yeah, like 12, 13, 14, very young girl. And me and my best friend were uh, in, in the upstairs of my house. And there's like two bedrooms. And we were darting back and forth in between the two, loud, being loud, you know, just being, you know, like dumb teenagers. And uh, my friend like turned the light off and we were like, you know, running around the room. And she all of a sudden goes, <laughs> what's your cat doing? And I go, what? She goes, yeah, your cat over there. And she points to the corner of this room and there's like two red eyes just like staring and my heart just stopped beating for a moment. And I just got so scared and I go, um, there's like not a dresser or a bookshelf or anything for a cat to be sitting on over there. And she goes, what? What do you mean? It's the cat, right? And I'm like, no, no, no. And we like, I run over and I turn the lights on and sure enough, like nothing's there. We scream and we go over to like my other, the other room and I slam my bedroom door and lock it. And as I do that, like right afterwards, the doorknob starts jiggling and the door starts shaking and I'm like back away from it. And then at that point, the uh, string on the ceiling fan starts swinging around in circles but the ceiling fans not on and we ran downstairs so fast screaming that was the only time I would actually say I was actually scared because something was actually I think trying to scare me and it, it worked <laughs> yeah it sounded like it was coming after you uh when you saw red eyes kind of elaborate on that were they it, like Christmas lights or were they were like the reflection no. of a cat's eyes it, it, it kind of looked like a reflection of a cat eyes, but they were so, like, dark red and, like, you know, like I said, like, they were in a corner of the room where there was no way a window could have been reflecting. And it was on a second story of a, of a, of a, and the backyard of the house, which was, it was facing, was just an open cornfield. Like, there would have been nothing for it to look like that and I, I never saw I was in that room quite a bit I never saw anything like it before and I never saw anything like it again wow it that's... just red eyes just that's all I can describe it like at first you would think like oh yeah it's a cat eyes but then you realize that wait a minute in order for cat eyes to go red you have to shine a light into their eyes and you know you would see an outline of a cat there was no cat there was no anything for a cat to be on so it was yeah yeah, that's terrifying, especially sounds like something was coming after you. And I uh, that reminds me of scenes of The Conjuring 2 I just watched last night with my family. <laughs> and that's then, uh, yeah, that <laughs> creepy guy coming after them, which I don't even want to get into Warrens right now. But uh, whether you believe in them or not, wow. Veronica, you had an interesting story as well. Uh, you Something happened to you while you were at a metro park? It did, yeah. So I was walking around this little lake, just kind of, you know, enjoying the day, being outside a little bit. Um, and everything was just kind of normal when I started out. It's a place that I walk fairly regularly, so I'm familiar with all the different sounds, you know, all of that type of thing. But so, so I wasn't really paying attention to my surroundings all that much. 
but then like all of a sudden I realized that there were no sounds around me whatsoever. No crickets, no birds, no water lapping up from the shore on the lake, no wind through the trees, literally just no sounds whatsoever. And at first I didn't think anything about the paranormal. I was just like, oh my God, I've lost my hearing. What, what's happening? How could that possibly have happened? I was fine a minute ago. But then I started realizing, like, I'm like, I start clapping, you know, snapping my fingers, stomping around. I'm like, okay, well, that's weird because I can hear all of those sounds <laughs> that I'm making. But everything around me was just dead silent. There was, you know, it was the weirdest thing I've ever experienced. And looking around me, like, everything looked normal. Like, you could see the water moving on the lake. You could see, you know birds flitting around, the trees swaying a little bit. I mean, everything looked normal. There was just no sound whatsoever. And I have no idea what could have caused that. Like, I've oh. never experienced anything like that before. I thankfully never experienced anything like it again. I would prefer not to. <laughs> uh, you yeah, ever, that was really weird. So you never had hearing problems before or anything like that? Nope. Listening problems for sure, but not actually hearing <laughs> problems. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Um, yeah, that's definitely an interesting experience. It kind of reminds me, I've been out in the woods before hunting, and uh, there was just certain part of the woods where there was no sound at all. And I'm sure I could still hear myself uh, walking and the leaves crunching under my feet, but you couldn't hear a bird or a squirrel or see any signs of life whatsoever. I think like a completely dead part of the woods which is not a thing you want to see when you're out hunting, that's for sure. Right. And uh, it's just kind of eerie and kind of creepy. Yeah. And um, another experience outside I've had, I've found animal graveyards, and I've always found animal graveyards interesting, not just graveyards like pet cemeteries, but places where animals go to die. And there was always a story that I heard when I was growing up in Jackson County about the last wolves of Ohio. And it was about these wolves that were hunted down, um, basically, as farmland expanded in Ohio, uh, the number of wolves went down. And supposedly there was a rock somewhere in Jackson County where all the animals went to die. And the last wolf in Jackson County was run up to the top of that wolf, top of that rock, and he was shot up there. And uh, that's where he laid. And it seems like there's certain spots I found, um, one in Wayne National Forest, where just tons of animal bones laying around it just seems like that was a certain spot where the animals went to die and i don't know if that has a paranormal significance or just some random occurrence i'm not sure but i always creeped out by their stories you ever heard a story like that i i vaguely remember hearing things like that i don't like you said i don't remember if it was actually a paranormal thing or not or if there was some sort of scientific explanation for it but yeah, that's not anything I've personally come across, but yeah, yeah that that would definitely be creepy uh, to see that. <laughs> yeah, it's scary stuff. Now, I mentioned on the podcast before I've had a Bigfoot encounter. Uh, what do you? What's your opinion on cryptids exactly? Have you covered cryptids much in your podcast? We did yes. one kind of general, yeah, a general yeah, episode. We did a, an episode just kind of explaining what cryptids are, talking about different ones. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll probably yeah. get into more like individual ones too though because that is something that we both really love because we also both really love animals in general so combining the paranormal and animals is to be like the greatest thing ever yes. <laughs> yeah. 
it's interesting. You know, you look up, I don't know the exact def definition of cryptozoology, but basically it's animals that people have made claims about that there's no proof that they actually exist. And we're talking Bigfoot and Nessie and the Loveland Frogman, and there's so many of them. <laughs> Excuse me, I have a little bit of a head cold this, e this evening. But um, it's interesting. And you, you got to wonder, like, how does creatures like Bigfoot, you know, hide and survive in our environment, especially when people see them in Ohio, people see them in, in upstate New York, which, you know, lots of New York is pretty rural. But yeah. these are highly developed areas. A lot of you get a lot of these sightings in. Like, how are all these cryptids hiding from everybody? Yeah, I mean, it, it does confuse me a little bit, yeah, when people see them in the populated areas. But as far as whether or not they exist in general, I mean, I think we brought this up on our cryptid episode that at one point back in 2008, scientists thought that the western lowland gorilla was basically extinct and then just found 125,000 of them that they didn't realize existed in the Congo. So I do kind of feel like if they could essentially just lose 125,000 very large creatures is it really that unlikely that we have something like Bigfoot that has a much smaller population like in the Pacific Northwest or upstate New York or someplace like that like I don't really think it would be that odd for that to happen yeah but that's the Congo though too and you know there's it's not well developed. A lot of people, uh, the tribal people, can't get their stories out to the world like the rest of us can. It just kind of boggles my mind that Bigfoot's running through the backyards of Kentucky, West Virginia, and Ohio, even though there are, there is a lot of rural areas. Right. I well, kind of have my own opinion on it, but sorry, go ahead. Yeah, if, if there are something like that, one, I would assume that these are creatures that have been living and hiding for how many, you know, centuries they would be able to do so obviously with more sightings one could assume that as development grows and as populations grow that there will be more and more sightings but these are creatures that clearly know things that we don't know how to survive ways that we don't know the land more than we would and don't want to be found like these aren't you know like coyotes who want to come onto human property looking for food they're not bears who are like you know will, will come into your backyard and open up your garage door you know these are creatures that do not want human contact and do not want to be found and you could be walking right next to one on a trail in the middle of nowhere and it, it's not going to let you know that it's there i agree you know if if you're looking at this at an evolutionary pen standpoint, like it kind of sounds like you are, like they're an actual living creature. That's kind of your belief? I, I would yeah. assume so, yeah. That's kind of my thought with most of the cryptids is I, I don't necessarily think that they're paranormal. I think that there are a lot of animals that scientists haven't discovered yet or that they just won't acknowledge because they don't like or they don't trust the types of people that have said they exist. Like you mentioned, you know, rural people in the Congo, like, very likely just as intelligent as those of us living over here, and probably know that area significantly better than any scientist who goes there for a month. But scientists aren't necessarily going to take them seriously when they say, hey, here's what I saw. Yeah, a lot of those people are superstitious, you know, and you kind of kind of take what they say with a grain of salt sometimes. And, you know, it goes into, like, the Native Americans had so many tales about the, the Bigfoots, and they kind of stayed away from them for the most part. Um, 
Then you have like crazy things with cryptids, like the Leveland Frogman that has been seen using magical wands on the side of the road. You know, <laughs> like where does that come from? I think uh, personally, I think a lot of stories are BS, but I think there is some that are true. And my personal belief, I think ninety out of a hundred stories are bullshit. They are bullcrap. People want to have their own ghost story. They want to have their own Bigfoot story. They want in on it. But I think that there's a certain, a certain few that are true. There is some truth to this. Uh, we kind of got to wade through the crap to find the gold, you know? <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. Because that is the trouble with not only with cryptids, but with anything like you're always going to have people that just want attention. Yeah. And the other issue you also have is with basically nature being like a popular thing right now, like, you know, the e whole ecotourism is really popular. You do have a lot of city people wandering around out in the country <laughs> <laughs> and they tend to see things a way they actually are not. <laughs> so, and, and that's why I bring back, like, I feel like people that are out in nature a lot. So for instance, from what I, I listened to a couple episodes of your podcast, you're out in nature a lot. There are a lot of people who do like hunting and fishing that spend a huge amount of time out in nature. If someone like that tells me, okay, yeah, I saw something, I'm far more likely to believe that than I am to believe somebody who lives in the middle of the city but just like went hiking one day. And yeah, then they're like, yeah. oh my God, I saw a Bigfoot. And I'm like, well, yeah, probably not though. Yeah, I hear a lot of stories of these city slickers. <laughs> That's what I call. And they, they, they go camping one time a year, right? And it's the one time a year they go camping. And they're not familiar with how animals sound at night. Um, and they're not familiar with the woods. And they're kind of afraid because they're not familiar. And that's then they report these Sasquatch encounters, and I think they're hearing real things, maybe, and, but they they don't understand what it is. And what I mean by that is, I live out in the country now, and I've heard cows. Like my neighbors have cows and donkeys, and they make the craziest sounds at night. Like I don't, I can't even describe the cows, the sounds cows will make. And if you got a city slicker out there somewhere, you know he might mistake that for a, a Bigfoot call or something. Yeah. Kara, didn't you have an issue with that, with an ex and, like, a raccoon or something? Oh, yeah. I went camping with my ex-boyfriend, and we drove, like, an hour away from our house, and I, we were just camping, and we're, like, I'm, like, trying to go to sleep, and he, like, wakes me up, and he's, like, hey, we gotta go, there's a bear, and I, like, listen, I'm, like, that's not a bear, that's a raccoon, go back to sleep. He's like, no, 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 it's a bear. We need to go. And I'm like, first of all, if it's a bear, why is your instinct to go outside and pack everything up and leave? <laughs> if it's a bear, stay in the tent. We have the food locked up. It'll get, it'll stop being curious and go away. Like, just, just stay in the tent. Just be quiet. He's like, no, we got to leave. We got to leave. There's a bear. And I'm like, all right, whatever. So we, we ended up going back home at, like, midnight. I come back in. My roommates are like, what happened? And I was like, ah, idiot scared of a raccoon he's like it was a bear i tell you it was a bear and i'm like oh. i have yeah. a scary story i was at a kayak tournament uh last summer and we were camping up at east harbor and uh in the middle of the night i was awakened by raccoons fighting each other over trash so they got in our trash bag and we were stupid we kind of drank a few and uh we were stupid we left our trash out not worrying about animals well we were right there beside the wood line 
or man, it, it was a huge raccoon fight in the middle of the night, three o'clock in the morning, waking up to them screeching and hollering and squalling, fighting each other over some over some garbage. <laughs> that scared the crap out of me. Yeah, it's like and and I can I, just imagine I'm more like scared of raccoons than bears, honestly. Like I like a bear, like they'll just kind of like they do their own thing. They're just there for food. If they can't find anything, they'll leave. Raccoons, they're they're mean, man. <laughs> they're jerks. And, and and loud. Like yeah, if you wake up they're to raccoons loud. fighting, that's definite. That's gonna be scary, even to people who know what it is. Like I can't even imagine somebody like from the city or something like that going camping and hearing that. Like yeah, they're probably gonna be terrified and think the woods are haunted. Oh, 100%. I agree with you. Uh, so, yeah, you kind of got to weed through the bull crap when it comes to all this. Um, yeah, we're running on uh, uh, 20 minutes now, and we will take a quick commercial break, and we will be right back with Yak Legion's Halloween Spectacular. Now a word about all the awesome companies who support the Yak Legion podcast. Venom Lures. Venom Lures in Lancaster, Ohio, is known for their great soft plastics and terminal tackle. They have been providing quality products from right here in Ohio since 1984. Mr. Dustin Carnes is the new owner of Venom Lures and inventor of the DK rig. It's a weedless version of the Ned rig that's taking the fishing world by storm. Check them out at Venomlers.com. Strictly Sailing Kayak. Strictly Sailing Kayak is located on Kenwood Road in Blue Ash, Ohio. They sell Hobie, New Canoe, Feel Free, Three Waters, and Johnny Boat Kayaks. They have been providing high-quality service to fishermen and watercraft enthusiasts since 1978. Reach out to Brian Tacey at 513-984-1907 or check them out at strictlysailinc.com. American Tackle. American Tackle, the inventors of the microwave line guide system, sells a variety of terminal tackle and fishing lures along with custom rods and accessories. You can find them at americantackle.us. The Buckeye Kayak Fishing Trail. It's the biggest kayak fishing trail in Ohio and holds fishing events all over the Buckeye State. Check out their website at buckeyekayakfishingtrail.com. And that's for more information and details. Come out and fish with us, y'all. Hey, thanks everyone for listening to the podcast and all the support. You can follow Yak Legion on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and all of those can be found at the Yak Legion Podcast. You can email us with any questions at the Yak Legion Podcast at gmail.com. We have Yak Legion decals for sale on the Facebook page. Every decal sold, guys, goes a long way to support the podcast. Don't forget to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We'll give you a shout-out on the podcast to say thanks for all the support. OPH Outdoors. OPH Outdoors is a local Ohio Anglers YouTube channel. Learn all the tips and tricks from fishing Ohio's waters, along with seeing some of the fish Ohio has to offer. From fishing footage to seasonal-based fishing knowledge, OPH Outdoors has videos for every Ohio angler. Backers. Those bumps. Bold North Outdoors. Makers of the best portable power station on the market today. Folks, 
When you're out yonder and off the grid, you need a partner to keep your adventures powered up and going strong. That's where Bold North Outdoors rises to the challenge. Power up your campsite, charge all your devices like your cell phone and tablets. Fire up your CPAP, run your lights and fans, blow up your air mattress and float tubes, recharge your GoPros, you name it. And Bold North Outdoors portable power stations are ready to keep your adventure going and going and going. Oh yeah, Bold North Outdoors outperforms all its competitors. First, they are built tough with marine-grade components to withstand all Mother Nature can throw. Second, they feature powerful lithium phosphate batteries, the safest, lightest, and longest-lasting batteries out there, giving you four times the usual performance of other batteries. All batteries have built-in BMS, which gives you charging and discharging cutoff protection. And that is for your safety and increased longevity of the battery. And their power stations are accessible and customizable. Easily add a string of batteries, access the internal circuit breaker, and connect a solar panel to recharge your battery. With three different models, there's one to fit your unique outdoor needs. I'm telling you, I've got one and I'm a believer. Stay outside with Bold North Outdoors. It's the best portable power station to keep you in control and powered up. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this very special Halloween episode of the Yak Legion Podcast. <laughs> you can check out Retro Geekdom on your favorite podcast app like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We're on the same channel as Yak Legion. So if you like geeky stuff and you like to hear me, check it out. All right, and we are back, and we got Christian joining us now. And uh, welcome back to Yak Legion's Halloween special. <laughs> Oh, that was cheesy, wasn't it? Oh, can't you just taste the cheese? Yeah, that was cheesy. But, you know, Halloween is cheesy, and I love it. Uh, I also like the paranormal spooky stuff. And I've mentioned on my podcast before that a Bigfoot story, and I think I'm finally going to share it. You know, I've talked about it. I've, I've never actually done it yet. I didn't think figure anybody would want to sit and listen to me. Uh, <laughs> before we get into that, though, Christian, didn't you have a story uh, about um, kayak fishing and uh, your girlfriend about losing it on the water? Let's start with that one. So you want me to go ahead with that one? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so I'll tell you the story, and the scary part's not even, well, the creepy part's not even the main part of the story. It, kind of, it comes after what happens. So basically it was me... Uh, my girlfriend and my buddy Steven, um, we were down here on Mad River and we were going to go on a kayak trip. Um, we decided, instead of going our normal route, we're like, let's go a few miles up farther and then take a longer trip. We got time. So, anyways, we uh, go up a few miles farther. We brought our few fishing rods. Um, I was on an Ascend FS-12T at that point. My buddy was on a little, I think it was a Lifetime Tamarack, and my girlfriend was on one, too. Um, so we get about a hundred yards down river after we launch. We were fishing there for, uh, a little bit. We stopped fished off the bank and then, uh, it was, it was, looked like a good spot to fish. It was a deep hole that was at like an S or a curvy section of the river. 
and there's a bunch of logs and stuff. So we're like, this has to hold fish. And we've known people to fish there before. So we stopped, fished there for a while, didn't have any luck. We're like, all right, let's continue on. So we hop on the kayaks. My girlfriend, she's like, can you push me off first um, so I can go? I'm like, yeah, sure. So I pushed her off, and I didn't realize the current was as heavy as it was. And uh, it ended up pushing her kayak straight into a log in the middle of the deep section. Um, wow. Next thing you know, I looked over. Her kayak is gone. It got sucked under, and she's holding on to the log screen. And it was it was pretty rough there, and I didn't realize how deep it was till I went in to um, save her or get her. And uh, I slipped off the log when I was trying to, and my I went straight down into the water, and I was... Like, I'm six foot tall, and I couldn't touch the bottom when I was in the water. And um, that she kept on saying probably the worst thing that you could ever think or do at that point. She's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try letting go and swimming across. I'm like, no, do not do that. I'm like, that'll pull you under if you try swimming across that. And so she she went ahead. She stayed on. I ended up getting bringing, or pulling my kayak up there while I was balancing on the log, got her on it, pushed her out. Then I got myself out. But I lost my um, Oakleys in the middle of trying to get her out. So that's horrifying, man. Well, no, that's not the, <laughs> that, that's, that's, that's that, not that, the bad that's part. Terrifying. So uh, <laughs> I had my buddy. I'm like Stephen. I'm like, go get Cass's uh, kayak. Well, we were well. I was trying to save her still. So he went around like he pulled his kayak over land and went around all that, and he went looking for it. So I after I got her out, I kind we kind of stood sit there for a few minutes so she can calm down. Um, and then I kind of put her on the kayak and bring her the real shallow way around, pull her around the rapids to get her there. And I wade across till we find her kayak and I just kind of wade down the river while we find it. So real quick, before we kept going, I'm like, all right, I'm like, let's, uh, like, let's stop real quick. I'm going to see if I can find my Oakley's hung up on anything. So I was looking next thing, you know, I see like a yellow line down through the water. I'm like, Oh, that looks like fly line. So I, uh, I, uh, stop and I look, it ended up being a fly rod that's stuck there down in the water, which was relatively new. I'm like, huh, that's a little odd. But I'm like, sweet, I got a fly rod. Wow. So I took it. So we end up going. I'm like, hey, there's your kayak over there. I'm like, I'll go get it. So I went and got her kayak. I called my buddy Steven. I'm like, hey, Steven, I'm like, just stop. I'm like, I'm like, we found her kayak. And then she, he's like, dude, he's like, you need to get down to where I am. You're not going to believe this. I'm like, uh, okay. So anyways, so first we found that fly rod, found our kayak, and then kept on going down river. When we got to him, he's like, dude, look in the pile of trees over there. It was a fresh pile of trees because there was a storm a few days, like a little bit before, probably about a week before, and there was a kayak up there stuck in the middle of trees, like all the brush. And it was wow. registered to somebody and everything. There was a life jacket in it, and there was some clothes in it. And then we, so he wanted to get the kayak out and just take it just in case so we could to contact the uh, watercraft office. And then next thing you know, we get not even a hundred yards farther down river. And then we find a fishing hat and another life jacket laying there against the tree. We're like, dude, this trip is just kind of getting creepier and creepier as we go. Wow. Like first we found a fly rod, then we found a kayak, then we found a fishing hat and a life jacket and some clothes. I'm like, that's not good. And then like two or three days later, there was something on the news about in a very similar section to where we were about a dive team going in Mad River because they found uh, that they heard somebody drown in the river. Wow. So we don't know if that was from the same thing or not, but 
it was a little bit freaky. Every year up here, it seems like someone dies in these rivers. We have the Little Miami River, the Great Miami, and the Ohio's, the the big popular ones around here. And it seems like every year somebody drowns, um, either from fishing or just swimming. Yes, dangerous rivers. They are dangerous, man. And I'm glad Cassie got out of there safe, man. Uh, Currents aren't nothing to mess with. Um, That's a scary tale. Is there anything you could think of that... Something you could have did in pre- preparation to kind of prevent some of those things that happened? Well, uh, I could have, instead of sending her that way first, I could have made her go the shallow way first to begin with instead of having her go through the middle. Probably wasn't a good idea, but uh, now she's got that little Hobie passport, and I don't think she'd have many issues in that now. And that's Was actually kind of what I got. Anything? Was the water Do high? Do what? Was the water running high, or was it just kind of a normal day? It was a normal day. I've just heard that that's probably one of the most dangerous spots on the river to be. Um, So, and that's actually why I got her a new kayak, because after that, I'm like, I don't, it was just because of that. Nothing wrong with the kayak, but just for if we were going down a river, I'm like, I don't trust that kayak anymore. And so I got her that Hobie. But, uh, yeah, Yeah, that was just a crazy day. Handle the current a little bit better with the pedal kayaks than you yep. can with the paddle, seems like. Man, yep. that's a scary story. And I wanted you to kind of share that. Um, I know you talked about it before, and I kind of wanted to bring that on the show. You know, it's, uh-huh. it, 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 we are a kayak fishing show. And I wanted to build anticipation for my story. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've, been, I've been mentioning this for since I've done the podcast. Uh, that I was on Sasquatch Chronicles um, with uh, Wes Germer. We did an episode, I think my interview is about 45 minutes long. Uh, 2005, me and my friend Eric Pierce, uh, I asked him if I could use his name. He said it was fine. Uh, you can find him on Facebook. Uh, he's a friend of mine. We were working at a place called Michelinas in Jackson, and this place makes um, uh, microwavable meals. You might find them at Kroger's, Michelinas microwavable meals. So I was the guy that, that worked sanitation at night, and we cleaned the meat room. And I would clean these giant, um, I mean, these giant meat grinders, uh, these auger blades, that if someone was to turn that machine on when I was in there, cleaning it i would be turned into hamburger like they were big enough to turn my fat ass into hamburger and i we were working with some big machines man we were working late nights and we got very few days off but it seems like we got the one weekend off a month that we had and we decided to go camping uh, a popular place we went camping was wayne national forest and i want to mention this too that a lot of people have heard my podcast Know that I'm an outdoorsman. I've been in the woods a lot. You know, I went squirrel hunting and rabbit hunting with my my grandpa since I was five, you know, six or seven years old. And I've been in the woods a long time. And I've never in my life had an encounter like I did this night. So my buddy had a big van. It was like sort of like a stoner rock van, right? And uh, we were younger. We were in our um, early, no, yeah, early 20s. We just graduated high school and started our first job. So we pack up his van. Uh, our buddy Brandon and his girlfriend was going to come up at the campsite and meet us later. They ended up not coming out at all. Brandon was kind of flaky. So uh, it was kind of iffy if he was coming at all anyway. So me and Eric, we kind of packed some beer in the back of the van, and uh, we got a little bit of green. Well, this I was a bit of a pothead back then. And <laughs> we go out in the Wayne National Forest. So, you know, it's Wayne National is is kind of a 
if you're a city slicker, you might be terrified out there because you could drive through miles. It's one of the few places in Ohio where you can drive for miles and miles and miles just through the forest. No houses, no farms, nothing. And I'm talking gravel and dirt roads, just miles through the forest. Uh, Wayne National Forest is huge. And uh, there's been a lot of stories I've heard about it being haunted. Well, you drive up there in the middle of the night, and uh, yeah, it does seem creepy. But I've never had any other paranormal experiences besides this. So we get down the road. We get to our campsite. This campsite is a dead-end road at the end. Well, it's a dead-end at the end of a, uh, of a road that goes off the main road that goes through the forest. And basically, this is a spot where people can unload their four-wheelers, and they can access the four-wheeling trails. But a lot of rednecks out there use it for beer cans and uh, to shoot beer cans with their rifles. Uh, rednecks being me on occasion, I've went up there and shot a few things from time to time. So we set up a little fire. There's already a fire pit there. We grab 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 some fire. So uh, you know we were you know having a few beers. We never got to the point where we were just just plastered or, or drunk. But I will say, for the story's sake, I probably was a little buzzed off of the alcohol. So, <laughs> a few hours into the night, we realized that our buddy Brandon wasn't going to show up. So, we're just kind of sitting around the fire, shooting the shit, uh, drinking some beer. We started hearing noises, and I'm talking to, like, um, like um, twigs breaking and, and uh, trees breaking in the distance. And we kind of, and when I tell this story now, I kind of compare it to the Blair Witch Project, where they're in the tent, and they hear, like, you know, there's uh, some sticks breaking off in one direction, and in another direction behind us, there was something that broke. And then in another direction, like north, south, east, and west of our direction, it seems like we were hearing, you know, leaves cramp, uh, leaves being shook up um, and trees breaking, uh, tree limbs breaking. Um, so, you know, we kind of thuggered, man, it was like deer or something, you know. Sometimes deer make a racket, but it kind of had us nervous. Uh, we didn't really pay much attention to it. A little bit later, we started hearing something falling on top of my buddy's van. And I'm talking a big box van. Um, it almost sounded like little tiny pebbles, like little like gravel from the road was being picked up and just tossed and flung on the top of our van. And it would kind of come down just ping, ping. And just every once in a while, it would ping we would look up. There's no trees. We wasn't under uh, acorns or anything like that. There was nothing coming down on the on the tree. That you know, nothing coming down on the van that could have been coming from a tree. So you know that kind of happened. We kind of got nervous at that point. We took our spotlight and we started shining down the hill. And this campsite we were on, uh, if you ever went out the Wayne Nationals, you're either going up a hill or down a hill. The whole part of Ohio, they refer to it as the Appalachian foothills. Um, basically it's all hill. So you're look, we're at the top of this hill in our parking area and we're, we're looking down these ravines to go down the hill and you can see these four wheeling trails and stuff. And, uh, we were shining around and, uh, man, we shined that light straight down and saw, um, a figure. It was pro we can't really guesstimate how tall it was, man, but probably, I don't know, look seven or eight, eight foot tall. And I described this on uh, Sasquatch Chronicles in more detail, I think. And uh, it stood up and was just sitting there staring at us. And for a second, I thought, man, is that a guy in a costume? And because its eyes wasn't glowing, um, when I shined it with the light, its eyes wasn't glowing at all. So it wasn't like giving me the reflection like an animal would. 
basically, we saw that sucker. I looked at my buddy Eric, and we jumped in his van, and we hit the road. We didn't even put our fire out. Uh, I think we grabbed the case of beer, threw it in the back, and we hit the road. Uh, <laughs> beer, the beer, Can't forget it. Yeah, that's, that's that's important. You know, it's <laughs> you can't forget the beer, but it's just like I didn't see it for long. We shone it with the flashlight for probably two or three seconds, and the second we shone the flashlight on it, like your like your gut sank, like you saw something there standing at you, uh, staring back up at us. Man, we got the hell out of there. We ended up at my mom's house, and we were sitting there in the in the in the kitchen at the picnic table. And uh, we were just sitting there. We didn't say a word to each other the rest of the night. We just didn't know what to say. And I, a couple years later, you know, well, a few weeks later, we would talk about it and tell the story to people. But, hey, we saw Sasquatch, man. That thing was looking right up the ravine at us. And uh, like I described it, I, I kind of described it more on Sasquatch Chronicles. And um, I just don't know how else to explain it besides a freaking Sasquatch, man. I mean, it was basically the Patterson-Gimlin ape. But it had more raggedy fur, and it kind of looked like it was um, like a dog that's been rolling around in mud, and it's got those big patches of mud um, kind of caked into its fur. And I kind of noticed its fur kind of looked like um, more of a reddish tint than it did a brown tint, and it had big cakes of mud on it. And like I said, I only saw it for three seconds, and I've never seen anything else in my life anywhere close to what me and Eric saw that night. Now, when my baby was born a couple years ago, I saw something cross the road in front of me, and it was probably 20 or 30 feet. I, I'm not good at judging the distance from my car, but it's probably 20 or 30 yards, not feet, from me. And uh, it was just crossing the road, and I described it to uh, Wes on the podcast, just like a tall, dark figure. I didn't see any hair. I didn't see any facial features. Um my only explanation, even there was a basketball player that was out robbing people in the middle of the night that was crossing the road and was crossing from a golf course into a ditch on the other side of the road. I mean, this guy was tall. This guy had to been an NBA player if he was out robbing houses. I mean, he took, like, he strode across the street maybe in three strides, uh, two lanes, a two-lane road. Like, he strode right across I mean, I, I couldn't believe I, I stopped and I didn't have my flashlight. I was on my way to work and I kind of looked over and I couldn't really see anything else in the woods. And I kind of just went on to work and I kind of mentioned to my coworkers when I got there, I was like, man, I've seen something strange this morning. Either I saw a Bigfoot or a basketball player is running across the road, robbing houses. I'm not quite sure on that. <laughs> Question about the Bigfoot story though. Go ahead. So, are you sure it was a Bigfoot, or was it a wild Brian Tacey? <laughs> you see him he in the middle like of the night and mixed up. Guy. He don't have a beard, though. Do what? He don't have the beard, though. So he don't, he don't, he's kind of a hairy guy, though. So I can kind of see him being a Bigfoot. <laughs> I can relate to that when you said, like, as soon as you see it, you're like, gut sakes. That's always, like, even if it's something not paranormal, if you ever feel that, that, that feeling of, oh, 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 no, that's, that's probably a good time to get out of there. Right. Anytime you have that gut drop sinking feeling, you've probably seen something you shouldn't and you need to go. Yeah. yeah. Whether it's Bigfoot or a drug deal, either way. You need, <laughs> you, need to, you need to leave. Yeah. yeah, we were a little wild back then. And, uh, you know, I smoked a lot of marijuana back in the day and drank a lot of beer. But 
I've never, you know, and to my listeners, I don't condone doing that. Those are bad decisions on my part. <laughs> I did not make good decisions. I got married to my wife 10 years ago and I straightened myself up. Let's just make that clear. But I used to be young and crazy, but marijuana has never made me see nothing. It's never made me hallucinate. Um, beer has never made me hallucinate. You know, I get kind of goofy, I get kind of tired, I laugh a little bit, but I've never seen a purple elephant, I've never seen Sasquatch on marijuana. Uh, well, I guess I did see Sasquatch on marijuana. <laughs> Wait, was it That was the marijuana? only time, right? That was the only time. Zach, was it on marijuana or was Sasquatch smoking it? He wasn't smoking it with us, uh, at least he wasn't sharing, that was for yeah. sure. And that was back in the day. You get like the, the the stuff they're smoking now. Like I got my buddy's son smokes, and he smokes awesome stuff. We smoked the brick weed back in the day. We got the crappy stuff, and you know it never got you high, like super super high to where you were hallucinating and seeing things. But uh, I did have that experience with Bigfoot uh, in two thousand five. We did see it, and uh, here a few years ago, my daughter's three, so this was probably two years ago, and. Um, I seen something across the road. I don't know. I'm not saying it's going to be. I'm not saying it's Bigfoot. I'm saying it's weird. You know what I mean? It, it did freak me out a little bit. Either way, whenever you see stuff like that, it can be freaky no matter what it is. Yeah. hundred percent. So I shared my story. What do you guys think about that? <laughs> I, I think that's really cool. It's also the whole hearing the rocks thing is very interesting because I've, I've heard that heard, same thing from yeah. other people that say that they have seen a Bigfoot is that yep. they That's first, you know, heard wherever they were being pelted with like small rocks. I've heard that story before, even in the like stories that come from like the, the Pacific Northwest and stuff that that's a, that's a common aspect of Bigfoot stories is that they first hear like small pebbles or something being thrown at them and not at them, like near them, like not like, you right. know, they're not getting pelted with rocks. It's that something around them or where they are is getting pelted with rocks. Yeah, that is a common thing with the, with the Bigfoot stories. Um, and the tree knocks as well. These weren't really tree knocks. Like I, I mentioned, it was like the, the Blair Witch Project. It was like somebody was picking up limbs and snapping them across their knee, or maybe it wasn't even using its knee. It was just snapping it with its two arms. And I don't know, it just kind of seemed like it didn't want us there. And we've camped in that spot before, and we've even went there after with more friends, hoping that we would see it again and never saw it again. And even a few years ago, I, me and my, my, my wife were out mushroom hunting out there. And I have a hot spots for morel mushrooms out there. And not non-hallucinogenic mushrooms for anybody <laughs> to know what morel mushrooms are. And um, we went to that spot. And, we, you know, I've never seen nothing ever again there. And it was just like the one time and the one place. And I have family that hunt, and they had never had an experience. I have a, a cousin, and he's interested in, in Bigfoot. And he takes recordings at night outside of his house. And I'll have to find these and maybe share them. They're kind of hard to hear because he takes them on his phone. And they're really not the best quality. But you, if you could sit there and play it on your computer and turn it all the way up, man, it almost seems like something's hollering back and forth at each other. And it's not an animal I've ever heard before. And it's it's really hard for me to explain what it is. But there's definitely some things out there in the area that are, that are very creepy. Uh-huh. You ever had an experience like that, Christian? You ever seen Bigfoot? Uh, 
I haven't. My mom. I'm sure you would. No, if you've seen one, right? I haven't. My mom's <laughs> had some creepy things in our woods, though. So what's yeah. creepy? I think the woods scare people just oh, naturally. Okay. Even people that are, you know, like me that go to the woods a lot. Sometimes at night, you kind of get creeped out out, out there. Well, no matter who you are. There's one part of it though that's kind of weird because she saw it and then a few weeks later my girlfriend saw it and that same the next day my sister apparently saw the same thing. But Ooh. it's not like a Bigfoot though. It's like apparently something like paranormal. Well go ahead. What's the story? Well, so my mom, right when we first moved here, she said she was out in the back like uh Sammy, what are you doing? What in the world? My cat just, like, flipped out. Um, my mom was out in the woods, like, just throwing, like, cutting honeysuckle down. She said she saw someone in, like, a black trench coat just walk across the backyard. And that it went behind a tree, and she was like, what did I just see? So she went, and nothing was back there behind the tree. And then a few weeks later, my girlfriend was in the house. We were looking her, like, we came in. It was just me and her in there. We went, we were in the kitchen, looked through the living room. And she's like, I think somebody's in your house. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, somebody, I just saw someone in your parents' room. I'm like, uh, what? She's like, somebody in a long black coat. I'm like, that's kind of creepy. And then next thing you know, a day later, my sister was there. Um, and she was sitting in the kitchen. And then she saw something come through the living room right there, like right outside. And then... Uh, that it went back and my mom ended up walking out a few minutes later. She's like, why'd you go back to your room? She's like, uh, this is the first time that I came out here. She's like, oh, she's like, I just saw some something walk up through the living room or right outside that caught my eye. So it was all three of them. And uh, I don't want to know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, scary stuff. Um, I mean, I've seen, like, I've been sitting in my room one night and we've got a hallway light on, and I turn that off. But like, there's a mirror um, here in the hallway, and it like reflects. So like, I can like, it pretty much shows right where the bathroom door is. And I've been here one night, and I left the bathroom on light on on accident, and I woke up in the middle of the night, and the light was flickering back and forth, back and forth. So I've heard, I've been in the bathroom, walk, I hear something walk out, and that one of the cabinets, like the drawers on the cabinets in the bathroom, is wide open. That wasn't open before. I'm like, just a little weird stuff like that, but. It doesn't wow, sound like weird. anything that would necessarily be trying to bother you, though. It's probably just something that just probably lived there and is now trying to live its life alongside. Yeah, like, my dad's yeah. went, my dad has, like, a walk-in closet. He's went in there one day, and every single one of his pairs of shoes was off of his shoe rack and on the middle of the floor. He was like, well, oh, apparently oh. this thing, does, whatever it is, doesn't like shoes. <laughs> the ghost is bored. It needs some enrichment. <laughs> so I know that there's several types of, of hauntings of, of spirits, like residual spirits, and then you have intelligent spirits. And that kind of parts of that story kind of seems like a residual spirit. And when I think of residual spirit, I think of the old man that gets up every day and he gets up at the same time and he walks into the kitchen <laughs> and he, he pulls the cabinets open, he makes him a coffee and he sits down there at the table. <laughs> He's done the same thing for 40 years. Yep. All right. Yep. This man passes away. The next people move in. That energy he's put into the world of getting up every morning and getting his coffee and sitting down and having a, and reading his paper. Yep. 
he's still there doing that. Yeah, I don't think he's actually there, but that energy is there. I think that's more energy related. That's, you know, they say energy is never destroyed; it's only transferred. But that just seems like that's more of a residual haunting, where an intelligent haunting is like stuff that's talking back to you on a Ouija board or stuff that <laughs> actually communicates with you. And we I'll got into the ghost that. hunting stuff. Me and my wife did when we first got together, and we did some EVPs. Uh, we actually got permission to go into the Ye Old Lantern, which was part of the Underground Railroad. They had a whole base part of their basement where they used to hide slaves, and we got access to all that. You know what we got? We got pictures of dust. <laughs> we got <laughs> yeah. and, you know the the stereotypical freaking ghost hunt is basically what it was. And I did a few. I never could get the evidence to prove anything. And I don't think EVPs, photographs, or anything like that, like that is ever going to prove anything. Now, I I do have something that's like the weird, like really, like almost scary type of paranormal things that happened to me and my buddy at his house one night when we were there. So What's that? If you want me to say it, I can say it. Yeah. So here, uh, it's in my area. It's, it's So this my buddy... Um, there's a road out here called Old Columbus Road. His dad lived up there. There was a bunch of houses by the road. There was a long gravel driveway with trees, like woods lining it all the way back over or back to his house. And his house was back there. And it was like an old like cabin style house with a grass pasture around it back in the middle of a bunch of trees. First off, that's really creepy. So <laughs> second, you get to the house and the back porch of the house or like the back of the house is all glass and it looks down into a gorge um we end up finding out from my buddy's dad that it's actually a uh it used to be an old sawmill and that the sawmill uh, kind of collapsed and that's why it was no longer a sawmill so uh yeah some people died there but basically um this house it was like an old cabin style house there was a kitchen with a living room right there um and then it's so like a kitchen with wall in between it, then the living room. And there's like two, uh, two like open doors that show from the living room to the kitchen with a fireplace in the middle. And, uh, then upstairs, there's like one of the walkways in between two different rooms on the upstart upstairs level that you can see from the living room. And, uh, yeah. So anyways, um, we were up in his bedroom one night. It was me, my buddy, and my other buddy, Jake. Um, we were up in the bedroom, and then all of a sudden, we hear just footsteps coming across that walkway above the living room. We're like, what in the world? And Caleb was like, yeah. He's like, I see that happen all – like, he's like, we, we have that happen all the time. So we hear footsteps, and it gradually gets closer. So anyways, they – here after a few, he was like, all right. He's like, I'm going to go walk across pretty much right across the walkway, goes over to his sister's room. He's like, I'm going to go over to Kelsey's room and uh, I'm going to go get, um, I think it was like a Wii game because it was like, it was a long time ago when this happened. He's like, all right. So we went over there and he's like, dude, he's like, the door's locked to her room. I was like, whatever. So Jake and um, Caleb, they're like, all right. They had a wraparound port or like wraparound roof um, in between the first and second level. He's like, he's like, me and Jake are going to go walk out around, get in her window and uh, go unlock her door. Like, all right, sounds good. So I was sitting there watching TV, and that they were out there on it, and all of a sudden, um, I hear the door creak open, and I figured it was just them. And then a minute later, I hear the window open, and then them get in the room. They're like, "Dude, did you just come open this door?" I'm like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, "I thought you just went and opened it." He's like, "No." He's like, "The door was cracked open when we got in here." 
Like, that's a little weird. So, we end up, he, they grabbed what they needed, came over the room. They were freaked out at that point. We all were. Um, and anyways, Jake fell asleep on Caleb's bed um, in his room, had a blanket over him. Me and Caleb were like, let's go make some popcorn. So, we went down to the kitchen, made some popcorn, sat in the living room, which had that fireplace in between it and the kitchen. Um, we were eating popcorn down there. It was like 2 a.m., watching a movie, and that uh, next thing you know, we hear Jake come running down out of the room after us. He's like, dude, what are you guys doing to me while I'm asleep? We're like, what are you talking about? He's like, you literally just came up and pulled the blanket off of me. Oh. I'm like, no. I'm like, like, we've been down here the entire time. He's like, dude, he's like, I woke up to my blanket getting yanked up. That's scary. Like, we've been up here. Anyways, I don't know how. He went back up and fell back asleep up there. I don't know how. How did you go back to sleep up there? I I don't know. I don't know if he was just, like, if he was messing with us or what. But this this is the scary part this time. So he went up to bed. We finished eating our popcorn. Caleb went over, put the bowl on the center of the counter. Like, it, it had the kernels in it and everything, and it was in the center of the counter. Um, it had the rubber, like it was one of those bowls with like the rubber seal on the bottom. So it was like, uh, there's like no possible way it could have slid off. And we were sitting there in the living room and all of a sudden we hear a bang. And then we hear like a bunch of like little things bouncing. We look over and then the popcorn bowls rolling across the kitchen floor and all the kernels are sliding across it too. And we were like freaking out. We didn't know what to do. So he went and cleaned it up real quick. We're like, Dude, they're like, we're staying up until it starts to get a little bit bright out. So it, it was like, it was like middle of, middle of the summer at that point. So it, like 5.30 comes around and it starts, the sun starts to come up and we're like, all right, we can finally go to bed. So we slept for a few hours. And then a few, like two weeks after that happened, um, Brent or Caleb was there and he had a few of his friends there. They were sitting in his room and he was just like, I mean, you know, sometimes you'll just sit there and, like, you knock on stuff with your hands or whatnot when you get bored or if you yeah. get – whatever. So he did it on the wall one time, and he's like, dude, he's like, he's like, wouldn't it be funny if something knocked back and he knocked on Never his – Never say uh, that. Never say that. I know. That. <laughs> he, he knocked on his wall, and he did the – and then there was the two taps coming back. Like, <laughs> oh, no. And then he did it again, and it did it again. His wall goes to the outside. And that he's like, dude, he's like, what in the world? They end up moving, like, not even a year later. And uh, that, yeah. You sure that place... messing around or joking? Do what? You sure somebody wasn't playing a prank? There was a few of them there that said that they were, like, they're dead serious, that he was knocking to the outside wall, and on the backside is brick. Well, even if it was somebody playing a prank, that would be somebody sitting around waiting to play a prank. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. But I I told him after that one time, like, dude, I'm like, I'm never coming back to your house. So wow. he moved. And it was, yeah, it was not, it was not a fun night. The, yeah, the house I had um, when I was in high school, the one I, I told my story about, I had a good friend. I don't know what happened to her, but, like, a good friend of mine, she would come over and, like, she was in band with me and my other friend, and we would always spend the night there, and she was like, oh, I want to join, and we'll, we'll have a, you know, week, every Friday night, we'll have a girls' night. She spent the night there, like, two weekends in a row, and then the third weekend that she spent there, she was like, yeah, um, yeah I'm never coming back to this house, and just, like, never came back. 
she never said why she never like said any story like I tried asking her like you know was it something I did was it something she's like no no we remained good friends throughout high school she was like yeah no I'm just not coming back to your house ever just had a creepy feeling about it everybody says that about my mom's house and I lived there for 10 years uh, when she moved to that house I not I never experienced nothing there and it's just everybody says, oh, well, that's the old haunted house. So, like, dude, it's not haunted. I just think it's creepy looking at night because it is an old farmhouse in the middle of a field. And it was abandoned for a few years. So, yeah, I just think people had thought the place was creepy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> what do you think spirits are? Creepy. Do you think they're <laughs> relatives or do you think it's other entities? Do you think they're dead people? Do you think they're angels? Do you believe in angels? I think there's different kinds of spirits. I mean, I think there definitely are some, you know, people that, you know, either stuck around after they died or just come back every so often to visit. But I also think there's probably other things, too. I mean, obviously, we don't even know everything there is to know about the actual physical world. So I'm sure there's a ton of stuff we don't know about the paranormal and you know all the different types of things there could be yeah i agree yeah and i agree as well i like i said earlier in the podcast i don't think we understand all of physics yet we don't understand our natural world we don't understand science yet we're trying to figure this stuff out um i mean we don't there's a lot of things going on and we don't see and there might be life after death. I don't know. Uh, you know, if you're Christian, you believe you go to heaven or you go to, heaven, you know, middle ground. Um, purgatory. They mentioned purgatory, but, you know, the Bible doesn't even really mention hell. So, <laughs> right. It, it's a little complicated. It is complicated. Um, we talked about skinwalkers and stuff when we were on breaks. That kind of creeps you on, Kara. I am terrified of these guys. I am, like, seriously, it's, like, the one cryptid that, like, just, like, the word will send shivers down my spine. <laughs> what is that? It's an old, I believe it comes from Navajo legend. Am I correct? I think I'm correct. I, I, don't, know if it's, I don't know if it's only Navajo, but I, I believe there's a bunch of different Native American tribes that believed in the skinwalkers. But, yeah, it's, it's yeah. definitely Native American in origin. The, the, the legend I know that, that they come from is that, like, um... And, like, certain, like, it's, like, a monster that, like, has, like, characteristics of, like, it's, like, a human, but it's, like, not. Some stories I've heard that they're humans possessed by something. Um, and they just, like, they just, like, literally, it's, like, a cannibalistic creature. Now, I know one thing is I've seen some uh, trail cam pictures of, bears what is it bears with mange and that they look just like they those. look like yeah they look and it's like creepy walkers. yeah yeah really anything with mange looks terrifying that, that, saw, yeah, that's, yeah that's true well, well they said that was the chupacabra that uh, a yeah. lot of people saying oh, the coyotes of the mange which is chupacabra. Yes. right i really hope the chupacabras are real i love i think they're cute but um <laughs> No, like, the, the skinwalkers, I saw a video recently of uh, this guy who owns a several hundred acre ranch out in Texas, Is and it? he he was walking his horse, 
in the middle of the evening. And one characteristic of these creatures is they mimic human voices to try, and they'll like call out for help or they'll call out for something for like to get your attention. And he's walking his horse, and all of a sudden, like you see that you hear this voice go, "Hey, hey!" And like the horse stops, looks in the direction where it comes from with its like ears perked up. And then his ears go down and the horse, not like I'm a, I'm a pretty experienced horseback rider. I, I, I know when, a, when you turn a horse around, when a horse turned itself around, this horse turned itself around and started cantering off, just started going off before the guy even had a chance to like react. Huh. I mean, it was seriously sent chills down my spine and I immediately thought, oh God, our skinwalkers real because if they are, I'm leaving 2020. I'm done. Everything else. <laughs> This is the year they'll come out, if any year. Right. If any year we find them, it's this year, yeah. I think uh, if anything's going to come out, it's going to be aliens. I think the UFO stuff's going to come out. But hold on, before we jump onto that, the Skinwalkers. Now, that's an old Native American legend. Um, That's something scary about old Native American tales, because they were on this continent before we were. They got a lot more history in these woods and these lands than we do. They had a lot of creepy stories, a lot of scary stuff. They talk about the Sasquatch, and you mentioned like um, there's stories about Sasquatches calling people's names um, and calling people out into the woods. <laughs> and it kind of reminds me of a creepy story what uh, wolves do. And uh, this is a good Halloween story. A wolf will uh, howl to the house dog that's uh, that's crammed in the backyard of their, of their of their owner's house, and the coyotes will call that dog out and call him out. Well, they'll call that dog out into the woods and then murder him. You know yep. what I mean? <laughs> yeah, my neighbor had that happen to their dog. Luckily, their dog got back. Yeah. But, yeah, there was one that called out. It went running into the woods. It jumped the fence, went running into the woods. And then there was a pack that tried surrounding it. But their dog's yep. pretty, it's a pretty feisty dog. And it got back. Yeah. Actually, you want to hear something creepy, though. Wait, go move to a new place in the woods and then hear a bobcat scream the first month you're there. Yes. Oh, that sounds like a yes. dying woman. We I, heard it the first week. I live in Florida. House. The first time I, I, I had never, I guess there are bobcats in Ohio, but I had never heard one like growing up. But it wasn't until I moved to Florida. I was living in an uh-huh. apartment complex in the middle of Daytona Beach. Like last <laughs> place you would ever think to hear a bobcat. And I heard a bobcat. It's sent shit. Like they're scary. They actually yeah, sound like terrified. women screaming bloody murder in the middle of the yeah. exactly. It was like nine o'clock at night. We had our windows open because it was the middle of the summer, and we're like, we're like, okay. So we were about to go to bed. Next thing you know, we heard it. We're like, what in the world is that? Like, it sounds like a lady's getting murdered in our woods. And then we're like, we kept on hearing it. We're like, we were freaked out. And my dad went. He uh, has a really, really like a super bright flashlight on his pistol. So we grabbed it just in case he needed it too. And then he went, we, I went with him down to the downstairs patio and walked out to the back into the woods and right across the Creek in our backyard, he was shining and he heard it again. He's like, uh, he's like, that's not a person. He's like, that's a cat. My mom's like, Oh, a cute little cat. He's like, that's not a normal cat. He's like, this thing is massive. And yeah, we saw it down there and we didn't even, I didn't realize there were bobcats this far up either until we started looking into it and then we're like holy crap 
Oh yeah, dude, they're around here, man. Uh, I remember living inside a county, right where you know, outside of Wayne National Forest, and coon hunters were uh, had a, had one treed one night. They were out coon hunting behind our property, and they had a bobcat treed up there. And the the dogs were at the bottom of the tree, baying at this bobcat. And that thing was just going off and screaming. It was horrifying. Like me and my mom, I was living with my mom at the time. And we were sitting in the front room watching TV, and we're like, holy crap. So it sounded like somebody, a woman was being murdered outside. So we went running outside, and we saw, you know, the people, the spotlights, and we figured it was a bobcat. And, and uh, they, they, they do sound horrifying. <laughs> they do. <laughs> now, you mentioned the Wendigo before uh, with the, the Skinwalker. The Wendigo is something I know a little bit about. And I know it's sort of a cannibal, too. Um, I know the, the story goes, I can't remember what tribe it was, but it was a, a group of hunters, and they were out right before a blizzard was coming in. And it was wintertime, and they were trying to, to hunt food for their families. Well, the blizzard come in during their hunt, and they couldn't figure out how to get back. They couldn't get through the snow. So what they did was they held up in a cave somewhere to try to wait out the blizzard. But it kept snowing for days and days and days, and days turned into weeks. And um, they couldn't get out of the cave. They couldn't have anything to eat. So there was one Indian that supposedly turned on the other and resorted to cannibalism and started killing, you know, his his friends. And one by one, they would eat each other till there were till there was only one Indian left. And he became the Wendigo after that point. And uh, he was a creature that would snatch people up, like go after hunters that were lost in the woods or people were lost in the woods. He would come after them and eat them. Like, I've heard some say that Wendigos are created from humans that turn into cannibals. Some are saying that um, I've heard of, like, uh, just people who were, like, already corrupt human beings and their corruption turned them into Wendigos. I've heard just, I've heard so many stories and, like, so many, like I said, like, they're called Wendigos, skinwalkers. Like, there's just so many myths surrounding these creatures. And it's, a lot of them do have to do come from cannibalism. You know, you, you really think about it. A lot of these myths started here in Ohio. And we're talking about home here. Uh, we had the Adena people and the Hopewell people that lived in Ohio. They are mound builders. They created Serpent's Mound and so many mounds in our state that are built by the Adena and the Hopewell. And they were the ones that came up with the concept of the Great Spirit and a lot of Indian beliefs that kind of went with the other tribes. You know, a lot of tribes believed in the Great Spirit. And they all kind of shared some stories. And a lot of that was from their origins as the Adena people, as the mound builders. And there's just so much history in this in this country, in this state, in this country alone, but this state. Uh, another good podcast I listen to, too, is Ohio Folklore. Do you guys listen to her? I haven't listened to the actual podcast yet. I think I follow them on the social media, but I haven't actually gotten around to listening yet. I've had it recommended to me, though, I do believe. That's another good one as well, and she's based out of Portsmouth, Ohio. Uh, I'd like to try to get her on the show sometime. Uh, she did an episode about Fallsville, and Fallsville is just right up the right right down the road from me, and it's an old story. It goes back to the 1700s, and uh, there was a Shawnee Indian. He had he was carrying goods back to his tribe, and he was going through Hillsboro, Ohio, and he was near the falls of Fallsville. And some white men that were hunting, uh, they were out in the woods, uh, noticed him. Well, he he noticed that the white man noticed him. He knew it was bad news. 
So he went down the ways and he went close to where these falls are and he supposedly buried his treasure. He buried his hall because he knew that white man was going to go back and he was going to bring more white men. So he buries his good, he covers it up with leaves, and then he heads back. So along the way, guess what happens? A group of white men catch up with him. They uh, they corner corner him and ask him about where you know uh, his goods were because their one friend saw the Indian carrying goods, and uh, basically the Indian wouldn't tell him where it was. And uh, one thing led to another, and they beat the guy to death. And <laughs> so suppose, supposedly his 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 treasure. It's supposed to be up there, whether you want to believe in that story or not. Uh, and something about some women seeing his ghost on Christmas Eve, like he came up to their house. And I don't know if I believe that part of it or any part of the story. I just think it's an interesting <laughs> legend. And uh, when you go down to Fallsville, and it's beautiful down there. There's a crystal clear quarry at the bottom of the hill, and it's, it's one of the prettier waterfalls I've seen in Ohio anyway. Yeah, and that, that is the great thing about all of these you know, ghost stories, whether they're true or not, they're still all fantastic stories, and they usually take place in places like that where it's worth going to anyway. Yeah. Like, even yeah. if you don't see a ghost, like, it's still worth going to check the places out, because there's still either some sort of something beautiful out in nature, or if it's a building, there's some sort of, you know, really cool-looking old building, and, like, it's still always worth going and checking out, even if you don't find any ghosts. Oh, 100%. And uh, I love folklore. There's, you know, you can't always trust in it. That's exact truth. But, uh, you know, that's always interesting. And I like Rob Lowe mentions on a, he did a paranormal TV show with his sons. And uh, like he says, it's more fun to believe. Whether you believe or not, it's more fun to believe. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. Wow. So uh, let's get back to your podcast. I know we're, uh, we're kind of going along now. I think we're about 15 minutes uh, after our break, but uh, what direction are you want guys wanting to take it in? Like, what are you wanting to do with it? So we have some fun stuff coming up. Obviously, with you know the whole plague times that we're living in right now, we haven't been able to go out and do as much investigations as we would like. But yeah. we're hoping that you know as things calm down a little bit with that, we'll be able to do a lot more of actual investigations and talking about you know going to different places and you know different experiences with that so and and once that does pick up like i said like she lives in ohio i live in florida so you would really get a good mix of you know northern you know her going up doing investigations in ohio and telling me the results and i'll also be doing my own down here in florida so you'll get quite a mix of all you know different parts of the country different stories and different legends and in different places Florida. I remember going to Fort. Was it Fort Benning down there? Fort Benning. I don't think I've heard of that. Where is that in? Florida? Where's that fort down there on Florida where the um, the lantern guy walks around? They got that footage of the guy the walking around with the lantern. I don't know. I live in Florida. There's guys walking around with lanterns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I've been to that fort down there. There's a famous video that was released and it was real viral a few years back and. You can actually see like this ghostly figure walking around with a lantern. I don't know if it was real or not, but in Saint Augustine. Augustine? Um, I think it was down towards Orlando. We were down there at Disney World. I'll have to Matanzas. It might be because that place is yeah, that place is super haunted as well. Um, yeah, I'll have to do some research on that. 
sometime. And you have the skunk ape down there too, <laughs> which is just a, a stinky Bigfoot, I think, right? It's a, it's a smaller, light-haired. It's, 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 it's. Yeah, it's just a, a smaller, skinnier, lighter-haired Bigfoot. Because you know, it's hot down here. He loses a lot of weight sweating. You know. <laughs> Yeah, I noticed yeah. a lot of things are smaller in the south. Like your white-tailed deer are smaller than they are up here north, um, and then a lot of species of animals are smaller. And you know, when you have our, look at like, our squirrels, just our squirrels. Whenever I come up to Ohio and I see a squirrel, I freak out because I'm like, well, how are they so fat and hairy? Ours look like little <laughs> tiny little. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely different breeds of them or something. I don't know. I don't know what you know. Everybody listening, you can take this as you please. You know, it's. <laughs> I wanted to do this episode and have some fun and, you know, talk about some spooky stuff. I know this might not be for everybody, but uh, I definitely had fun having you ladies on here. Um, how can, what social media platforms are you on and how can people follow your podcast? Oh, so we are at um, Sisters and Spirits Paranormal on Instagram. Um, Sisters and Spirits Paranormal podcast over on Facebook are our two main social media outlets there. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And thanks so much for having us on. We really enjoyed yes, it. Yes, thank yeah. you. We're a new podcast, so something like this definitely is is, is a huge opportunity. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. I'm sure Christian did too, sharing some of his stories. Yep. Uh, I, yeah, like I've, I've been interested in the paranormal for a long time. And, you know, like I said, this might not be for everybody. My podcast is mostly kayak fishing and outdoors type people. But, you know, a lot of us are interested in this, too. So I think it was cool. And I think with Halloween, with the season of Halloween, it kind of gave me a time and a place to actually do this. <laughs> so I appreciate you ladies coming on tonight and uh, talking some paranormal stuff with us. I know we were kind of just all over the place. Uh, we shared some cool stories. And I hope everybody at least you know enjoyed listening to us <laughs> yeah and like i said check out these ladies on uh on uh the, your podcast app and i appreciate you all for listening tight lines keep your toilet paper stocked <laughs> <laughs>